welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan with Sean Bowles. Sean, tell us about our guest today. Well, she's coming actually through you and Lauren. She's one of your friends. Maddie Stonier is a licensed therapist in San Diego, California. She's president in One Life Counseling and president of Healing Center San Diego, or SD. Her education training is trauma psychotherapy, post-care for victims of human trafficking, international missions, and emotional healing. And over the past 11 years, she has been serving in leadership at the Rock Church, which we love the Rock Church yes, in San Diego, finding Freedom International, Gospel House, and Youth of the Mission. She operates in the prophetic and loves to release words from the Lord to transform hearts and cities. And she's trained thousands of believers in San Diego to hear God's voice and how to daily walk in the prophetic. So this is amazing because she's very entrepreneurial and she's also very connected to the prophetic. And in the midst of that, going after this therapy thing, which is so cool. It's one of my favorite passions and subjects. So yeah. I can't wait to talk to her today. Yeah, I think she's, it's, it's such an interesting concept because uh, over the years in the church, you and I've talked about kind of the sacred versus the secular split, yeah. you know, like is, is a job as, as good as being a minister. And then now there's this thing about therapy. A lot of people uh, wonder, is therapy okay for believers? Yeah. And, <laughs> I, I know we both believe it, both believe in it. So it's going to be wonderful to talk to her about it. Well, and I'm thinking about just the fact that uh, just reading about her, because I haven't met her, just thinking about her going into this therapy world versus becoming the next whoever, Cindy Jacobs or whoever, whatever name you want to give, Joyce Myers, ministry type centric person. Um, she sounds like she has the goods. She has the calling. She has the gifts, you know, to mm -hmm. be able to do something that's very ministry centric and very fulfilling. And yet God's led her in a direction that maybe from what I understand, she wouldn't have gone without him. And I think yeah. God's doing that in, in a really unique way where I, you and I are having a conversation regularly, both on this podcast, but, but someone's a guest before the podcast, when we're talking to him, they share like, I would have never done this. I would have never thought of yeah. this. And I love that statement because when you surrender your life to Jesus, you don't know where he's going to take you, nor should you, because he's taking you in a way that you wouldn't have taken yourself. You're being led. And that's that's one of the weirdest things about Christianity is that, um, especially for high-powered people, is that it's hard to submit your power to someone else to lead you. But it's also one of the most fruitful ways you can see that somebody really has to surrender to Jesus is that they have that story of like, and now I'm doing this and I would have never chose this or I'm living here. You know, like everything I've done in my life um, for the last 27 years, I wouldn't have chosen as my A plan. No, it's not bad at all. I love what I'm doing but it wouldn't have been my, my natural propensity to choose based on what I think I could do with my gifts and my talents and my calling. And yet God led me. And I know it's true with you too, even in the midst of yeah. starting your business, it's just a different direction than you would have gone. It, it is. And, and I think the tension is to remain supple to the Lord and what, and what he's calling you to do. Mm. And when you have these great plans or when you are like, for me, I'm a strategic planner. And, yeah. and so like I've learned over the years, invite the Lord into the strategic planning. It makes sense, <laughs> well, right? <you're> terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But you know, before you learn that you're putting a strategic plan together and then all of a sudden the Lord takes you somewhere else and you're kind of like, wait, 
I was mm. I was all set to go that way, and now I'm going this way. Have I missed it? Yeah. And well, people that, get disappointed, even in goodness. You might all of a sudden have success over here because God led you here, but you planned this way. So even though you're grateful for this, you really wanted this. Yeah. And that is really hard. That's part of the surrender of like. I'm going to do things your way, God, and I'm not going to judge myself by the season of five years I'm in. I'm going to look at my whole lifetime, and that's a really hard thing to do. Next, we have Maddie Stonier. My new book is called Encounter, a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. And this book is going to help you to understand the days we're living in right now and have an urgency to meet with Jesus the way that I did through some of these encounters that are going to form your faith. So you can get this book. So make sure to go to bowlsministries.com encounter a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. Welcome to the show today. Maddie, I'm so excited we get to talk to you. This is going to be such a great interview because of your background and what you're doing right now is exactly what culture needs. We need more people who are therapists, who hear from God, who understand his anointing and his kingdom. And this is also a business, you're a big entrepreneur, and we're gonna be talking about that in just a few minutes. But welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. You two are, I'm big fans. So it's an honor to be in this. Yeah. Well, Maddie, I'm not sure whether to ask you about you being an entrepreneur or a therapist or a prophet. So I think I'm just going to start with, tell us how God led you into wanting to be a therapist, how you started your business, kind of the origin story. Yeah, well, funny enough, I grew up in the church. So I I thought being a missionary was the ultimate job. (laughs) I understand that. Me too. Yes. So I was, that was my goal is to be a missionary. So at 22, I was like, I'm, you know, actually, I think it was 18. I was like, I'm going to Africa, having an orphanage. And then the Lord's like, nope, you're going to school. So, (laughs) so I went in, so I was like, okay, then I'm going to go to school for a missionary. (laughs) What is a missionary degree? So I was like, social work, right? Then I could get into closed countries. And so I went, got my social work degree thinking I'd go be a missionary. And then one thing after another, God had, I had so much favor at school. I got uh, my education paid for, went to grad school for free. Uh, So then I, it was just too obvious. God's hand was on it. So then I got my uh, uh, license, uh, MSW, master's in clinical social work. And one thing led to the next and God said, you're not going on the mission field. I want you to be a therapist. Totally off, off my grid radar. Like that's not ministry, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Oh yes, it is. So, so one thing led to the next. I get into to this field, and it is such. It's actually huge growth for me as an individual, being this like zealot Christian who wants to just preach the gospel to the world. He had to break me down, wow. and I had to sit every day with human pain and suffering. And I had to begin understanding how Jesus actually reaches the world, which is through pain, trauma, and crisis. Wow. And God humbled me to to be able to speak the language of humanity that I could put compassion on. He had to really put compassion, cloak me in compassion for people so that I can understand how they need Jesus. Right. Wow. And so it's actually been a process for me to grow. He's like, 
girl, you need to sit down and you need to be humbled and learn what my people actually need and how they need to be spoken to and how to, how to be. Uh, I feel like that's like a word for the church though, because I feel like so many of us come out of the gate and we think we're going to impact the world a certain way, whether it's in business or a minister or somebody who wants to go to politics. And we have idealism and kingdom idealism is one of the one of the defeaters of true faith because we think we have answers. It's almost like a Messiah complex. I'm just going to do it this way. And I love how God took you on the journey to, to slow you down, to really mm-hmm. like get in touch with people, have true compassion, true empathy, true connection to his heart. Because I feel like that's something that not many people slow down for until they're in their 50s because then they have to, <laughs> then their, their body slows down or something. But the fact that you did that, so talk about that journey a little bit as far as, um, you know, really laying your agenda down and saying, okay, God, here I am, because that probably felt like, I don't know, maybe a demotion or a yes. change of course that you weren't willing to go on, except for that you're following God. It doesn't sound like you would have led yourself this direction. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was a constant struggle for actually years. I wanted yeah. to quit. <laughs> like this wow. is- you know, I just felt so small. I felt like I was in this process that I'm like, this is not what I'm meant for, you know? Mm. And little by little, I just had to submit to the process. And so it was painful at times uh, for a lot of the journey, painful of of just submitting my will to his um, and and really just learning that I I need growth and I need I need to, like you said, that idealism was being broken. And so it was this maturing process um, that I was going through personally to actually be effective, right? And so in that process, I learned, so I've been through hours and hours of training, you know, years of specialty training in different areas. And it was, it was teaching me um, that just different skill sets different, um, really how to connect emotionally with myself. And I didn't realize I was detached emotionally Hmm. growing up in the church, growing up, you know, in, in the culture uh, that Southern California, I don't know, lots of, lots of factors. Mm -hmm. I learned in the process of becoming a therapist that I was emotionally detached. Wow. You know, Maddie, I think about your dream was to become a missionary, which basically is to go somewhere and help people that are in traumatic situations. And here God's led you with that from that desire of your heart to being a therapist who specializes in trauma. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm, I'm listening, look, listening to you from a a global level thinking like he, he knew your gift of helping people with trauma and he just, gave you this laser focus that you never knew was there. And isn't that just like God? It's wild because (laughs) what he did was he was like, Maddie, I want you to be an effective uh, minister, you know, I want you to be effective and skilled. And I always say like God, when God enlists people in his kingdom, he he doesn't, he he wants skilled CEOs. He wants skilled, sharp thinkers who are highly trained, right? He wants, his team should be a SEAL team. Right. And so, so he gave me these skills to actually break through and heal trauma paired with the Holy Spirit. Right. But I, I got to go to Cambodia, Mexico and work at safe houses, training, uh, safe houses, how to be, uh, you know, sharper skilled in helping girls out of 
uh, being trafficked. So oh now I come in skilled and I have something to offer them. That well, is- it's, it's interesting because you go to your own emotional connectivity and it's almost like that thing. And, you know, I started acting growing up. And so to be an actor, I always thought when I first started, you, you're pretending to be something, but it's actually, you have to find the authentic place in yourself to relate to that role. So you're not acting, you're actually being something. And I didn't know that. And then you apply that to, you know, therapy. When I first was taking foster care boys through therapy, I was in their sessions with them sometimes just that I had, I had the foster care kids and they asked me to come to certain sessions. And I, I was getting healed as I was listening to them go through therapy. And I was like, I didn't understand this. I grew up in a relatively healthy home, the whole thing. And so to have like my own self have to become something authentic and relatable and learn how to overcome trauma or overcome disconnect or these kinds of things. I know what that means to me. So I know what it must mean to you in your field because girls coming out of trafficking, which is one of the areas that you've specialized in, they, you have to be authentically offering real tools, not formulas because they can smell that stuff that's not real a mile away. They know exactly the construct of lying, mm-hmm. the construct of fake. So it's really unique to me that God brought you where he could have put you as a prophet to the nations, you know, <laughs> he could have released you in some sort of major ministry. And yet he wanted to take you on this journey that we get, we're hearing about right now. Um, I, again, I want to give it back to you to talk about this, but, but talk about kind of that journey of growing into once you got that emotional connection, what was next? What happened? What was the fruit of that? Oh man. So once I was connected with myself, I was able to connect emotionally to God. And there's this, there's something called attachment theory, right? In therapy, where we, we need a safe, secure attachment. And actually I I noticed that a lot of us, we don't learn secure attachment with God, our father. So we have an intellectual relationship or, or religion, but we don't have a secure emotional attachment to the father. Which is what the Holy Spirit's so good at. That's what's so powerful. But I love this. He's our caregiver. I love that. I've studied attachment therapy. So I love what you're saying. Keep going. Exactly. So, so once I learned that the Holy Spirit became, I became so attached to Holy Spirit, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's when I found your book, Translating God years ago and learned that the, the attachment to God, it's so natural and it is all about love, right? Prophetic knowledge. It's all about love, uh, which is such a great framework to have. So once I had that with the father, in my therapy sessions, it I was I, I to this day I'm just one with the father, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to the father's voice while I'm listening to my client, and so the father will tell me certain questions to ask. Mm-hmm. He'll tell me words of knowledge. He'll give me uh, certain information about the client that they haven't said, and then I can just it it gives me wisdom on how to ask questions for them to to share that information. Uh, so, so in my practice, I, as a therapist be, became so much more effective. Right. I had trust. I, I build trust immediately with people because wow. the Lord gives me information and, and wisdom about them so that I can feel safe so I can relate to them. So it's trust is everything in therapy. Yeah. It right? takes so, a long time to establish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So because of this oneness with him, and I always say the more one we are with uh, Jesus, the more we're abiding in him, pe- everyone's attracted to Jesus. Yeah. Right? 
so no matter what people, when they, when I'm abiding with him, they, they're attracted to Jesus in me and they wow. feel safe. They just want to share. They just want to talk and they don't feel judged. They feel loved. Right. So it just breaks down all these walls when we have this attachment, secure attachment with Jesus and he can, he can uh, show himself strong on our behalf. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I, you know, I know that you've trained lots and lots of thousands of people in hearing God and the prophetic. Talk to us about how that, that inner, that interplay with in the therapeutic setting to in the church setting to in your everyday life setting. Yeah. uh, You know, how I've trained people is really just uh, listening for the obvious, right? (laughs) Listening for obvious. It's not rocket science. You know, he is within us. And so it does sound, he does sound like our own thoughts. And so um, it, it, his voice comes like an external thought. It's like, Oh, I didn't come up with that. You know, and I didn't know this information anyways. Why would I think this about them? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I have done a lot of training to help people identify that that God's already speaking. We just, we just think it's us or we think it's our, our intuition. You know? We give God so much, or we give God so little credit for how good yes. it is to us <laughs> on the inside. What this turned into also kind of, you have an entrepreneurial bone in your body. And uh, I love that about you because you didn't just want to be a therapist or just train people, but some things have emerged, especially, I know it's 2022. So the world is in trauma. The world is traumatized. And there's some things that have been in your heart that have been activating. I, I, I read about healing center, these kinds of things. Talk about that side of it, because a lot of people don't think of the business side when they think of therapy or when they think of these kinds of overcoming issues. Yeah, and it's funny, a lot of therapists aren't aren't entrepreneurial, <laughs> they, yeah. you know, and so, so through I kind of got forced to start the business. I was launched out and uh, had it was like sink or swim. So through the fire, I learned, oh, wow, I actually have vision and and think you know, business minded. And so through this process of starting my own practice, uh, I learned that it makes me come alive. Mm -hmm. And so Healing Center SD was birthed uh, last year, actually, of wanting to resource believers, because I'm a strong believer that we are to be a resource to the world. Yes. Supposed to be sought after and wanted and desired. And for whatever reason, I, I sometimes, including myself in the past, you know, it's just, I was just a Christian that could, you know, share scriptures and pray for people, which is amazing, is needed, but why not add skill sets? Why yeah. not become a resource, a financial resource, a, you know, a, that wise counsel that, that we're called to be. And so I have a passion. I don't, there's a lot of Christians around me and I'm like, you guys would be incredible you know, wise counselors, but you just need training and, and skills. Um, and so mm. I kind of push people around me to do that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I started this healing center SD, uh, as a nonprofit, uh, to resource, to train up believers who need skill sets and to, to be sharp, to actually effectively help people through, um, wow relational problems, emotional problems, spiritual problems. And there's so much research. We need, we need to just know what the research says and it's proven and tested. So let's just learn that 
and then be effective ministers of the gospel. So we have about, uh, there's nine uh, facilitators being trained up right now. Um, Exciting. Yeah. yeah, So they, we're going to launch that in the next couple months here. We'll, we'll we'll be able to um, serve San Diego population of people who can't afford therapy um, or aren't, uh, warmed up to that idea yet, but a bridge between, um, basically not a pastor and not a therapist <laughs> right in the middle, yeah. um, a skilled facilitator to get breakthrough, um, for, for the people in San Diego, but also we're going to have a branch for missionaries because nice. I have a passion to see, um, missionaries healthy going out in the field and being emotionally yeah. healthy. So we'll have a special missionary branch to help them. Oh, we'll send some of our missionaries. I know we, uh, whenever we send missionaries out, uh, we have kind of a rule that every year they have to come back and they have to get inner healing or therapy. And just for their time out, especially ones who've worked in war zones or conflict zones or red light districts, they would come back so traumatized. And we were like, oh no, they have like PTSD and they didn't have any, Mm -hmm. any diagnosis at all. They didn't have any tools on how to deal with it. So 10 years or maybe it was 15 years ago, we said, okay, we have to apply therapy to this as well. And it was night and day difference. It's like people could go again. People didn't end up with long-term issues, eating disorders or or drug addiction or like prescription meds. That happens to so many missionaries because of because of their time. There was unprocessed trauma being in a culture that's usually really hard. And we, the church hasn't been equipped to give tools away in those areas. So I'm so glad to hear what you're doing because mm-hmm. I feel like that's forerunning something that will be widespread. I think we'll understand love God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, your soul. It's like you have to be healthy in those areas to love him well. Absolutely. And that's another passion of mine is psychoeducation for the church and bridging health and spirituality and making it really basic and simple. But like you said, so many missionaries get traumatized and and they're simple, practical tools that are so accessible that we can equip them. So I want to be able to support them while they're in field and keep them in field and healthy. Yeah. So, so does healing center SD look like uh, online or right now? Do you have a dream to actually have a center? Um, Walk us through once these nine folks get, get trained, what, what your vision is. Yeah, so my dream is to have a center in San Diego, uh, an office building, you know, where there's mm-hmm. nine offices, Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five. Wow. Supporting people and wow. just a revolving door, getting people set free and healed in a really effective way. There, I love therapy because it's there's a lot of psychoeducation and family dynamics, family of origin, attachment theory, right? All these things. But what I love about Healing Center SD is it gets to the core, it gets to the root. So what we will focus on is forgiveness, right? We'll focus on um, healing those deeper pains and letting Holy Spirit show, you know, what's the root? We don't have to dig into your closet, all your dirty laundry. It's like, let's (laughs) let's, let's let Holy Spirit show us. And, you know, we may be healed in a lot of these areas. So um, so I, it's, I see it as a really effective and quick, um, turnaround where there's quick breakthrough because we're letting mm-hmm. Holy Spirit reveal what needs to be revealed and not just, um, you know, digging through things. So it's interesting in sociology too, where so many sociologists have put 
a cap on this is the new truth. And this is the, as far as you're going to go with autism spectrum. This is as far as you go with trauma spectrum. And it's like, this is your story. Now we're just going to help you manage. And I love that in Christianity, we, we believe for God's fullness and what he originally intended and designed us to be. So we're believing like, yes, we can help you manage here, but we also believe that God can make us a new creation or the original design creation that what he had for us. So I love what I'm hearing from you because a lot of therapists don't even believe in using the language quick or breakthrough or finished because they believe there's no finish. There's no breakthrough. There's just management. And so it's so beautiful. Even Christian therapists, a lot of Christian therapies are like, I've worked with people for years and this is just their truth versus no God has a higher truth. And I love that you're doing this. And I think it's going to inspire a lot of our listeners to be on a journey, especially the ones who are interested in like, okay, I I'm, I'm like one of those weird ones who studies sociologists and therapists and neurobiology and all the, I think some are going to listen and go, Oh wait, there's someone doing it. Who's forerunning it maybe a little ahead. And maybe there's some people who've already been doing it who are going to be inspired by your story as well. So thank you so much for, wow. Just what you're doing. Yeah. It's been a tension over the years. Yeah. I've been doing this for eight years. It's been a tension of my training and psychology and what oh. I've seen and then the truth of the word. And then mm-hmm. when, since I do ministry and, and such outside of work, I see radical breakthrough. So it's been this tension for me, exactly what you described. It's like, ah, you know, I, I know there's immediate breakthrough and healing deliverance in so many ways. And so I've sat with that tension and had to wrestle wow. through that uh, for years. And it, I, I can't deny the power of the cross. I can't yeah. deny the miraculous healing. And sometimes I do that in therapy sessions. I have a disclaimer. I say, you know, I believe in therapy and the process and the journey we go on for healing, which is true and takes time. And I also sometimes believe that God brings breakthrough immediately. So can I actually pray for just immediate wow. breakthrough for you? Is that okay? And I just kind of give them the option and, and lay it out there. So I've, I've done that as well in, in therapy. So. So cool. I, Maddie, I'm thinking about through my life, I've been in therapy almost every, every decade of my adult life. And when I wrote my first book, part of in the first few chapters was uh, my story. And my editor was digging deep, deeper than I wanted to go. And so I thought, like the Lord said, you know, you, you need to see a therapist about this. (laughs) And I was like, "I'm, I'm writing a book. This is insane. So I knew it was true when my therapist and my editor were asking the same questions independently of each other. I was like, okay, I guess I better submit to this. And it's funny how when it looks like you might have it together where where God apprehends you and says, no, I'm taking you through a season right now of, you know, getting to know yourself a little bit deeper or peeling the onion one more layer. And I'm in my sixties now and I'm, I'm still seeing the benefit of therapy and uh, inviting the Lord in for breakthrough in my life. And I'm not sure it ever stops. I think it requires that humility, though, you know, that humility that we all know Bob Hassan has. That's so amazing. And it's that humility to to stay uh, in that place of I don't know everything. Right. I have blind spots. And I need that growth. And, and I think that's actually how God used being a therapist to teach me that uh, because it's so true. We, we all need that support and that wisdom. Well, and I think Christians, 
we we practice being experts in a lot of areas. We just think we're an expert. We think we have solutions. So I think of Brene Brown, you know, one of the sociologists that a lot of us respect, and how she said, I realized when I was doing my study of uh, vulnerability and connectedness that I was the least connected person there was, and I had to go see a therapist. And she cusses and says, oh, I'm like the worst person to go get therapy. Because <laughs> a lot of times when you're already an expert or you're already studying that field, you can still be disconnected. And a lot of Christians are disconnected from their heart. Therefore, they're disconnected from God's heart. But they think they would rate themselves as level 10 on connected right. to God. And yeah. that's what I love when you're saying humility, because I feel like in this next season that the church and Christians are who would normally go like 20 years ago might have been a platform ministry who has books and conferences or a Joyce Meyer or whatever. Are go, there's Christians God's assigning now to industries of science and health and mental health in these areas and the same prophetic calling that the other ones went into the same spiritual calling went into this platform ministry to help be a voice to the entire church not that that won't happen too they're applying it differently they're applying it also to the whole mainstream world so i love hearing what you're doing because i feel like it's a signpost of what god's doing which is we already feel like we're experts and yet we know there's a disconnect because we're not seeing the amount of souls saved. We're not seeing the fruit in our life. We're not seeing the fruit in our businesses. We're not seeing the fruit in our emotions. The, the statistics between Christian divorce and mainstream divorce are very similar or drug addiction, or uh, which would be prescription medicines is almost the same. Uh, mm -hmm. Suicide rate is almost the same. So when you look at those statistics, we know as Christians that there's a disconnect that we have to address. We're responsible to address to the Holy Spirit. So I'm really encouraged because I feel like your, your life is a narrative of what God's doing. Mm. Yeah, and I I agree that you know we come to and tell people what to do, and I think the best skill set I learned as a therapist over the years is how to ask questions. Yeah, and that's what Jesus did. He would ask questions. Yeah, and that's what effective therapists do. They're really good at asking questions and telling stories, and you know, giving analogies to understand the issues and problems at hand, and that's what gives people breakthrough. Wow. Who, who wants to be told what to do? You know, if a therapist sat you down and said, here's what you're doing wrong. Here's what you need to do. <laughs> no one would, that, that doesn't work. No one would go. Nobody would go. Yeah. And so it's, it's really hard sometimes, even being in this eight years, I'm like, Hey, don't, don't give the solution. Right. And <laughs> it'd be hard when it's like right there, but it doesn't work over yeah. and over. No matter how many times I've done it, you know, this is a solution to a client. It doesn't work until they come up with it. Right. It, it doesn't matter. And if I say it 10 times, it doesn't matter. It's until they come up with it. So I think learning the, the church is that humility, right? We have to mm -hmm. learn to ask questions versus telling people what to do. And we will see so much more breakthrough. I hear Joseph in that because like when they asked Joseph, can you interpret this dream? And it, he asked a question back, isn't God the God who gives dreams interpretations? And it's that thing of like, if you're going to go in as a coach, a consultant, if you're going to deal with something of high priority in society, there has to be that level of humility to allow process and not just to try and fix it quick, but to allow process to where unique humans that God gave free will take ownership and become something different or assist to become something different because unique humans are there. I just think that's so beautiful what you're saying right now. And I know Bob, um, watching Bob, you, Bob, even in the last couple of years, in your 60s, embrace another level of I'm going to go for it. I'm going to become better. I'm going to become different. And um, to have people just around, I know I have people around my life that just speak of that. It's just huge. It's huge for 
our listeners. It's huge for us personally. It's awesome. Yeah. And I'm in a position where I'm going to have them in my, on the couch next week. So I have accountability to be effective. You know, I have to, it has to come through. Um, And so we have to become effective and not just speak from this know-it-all place. It it has to actually create change. And so that accountability is huge that whatever speak that uh, it there's, there's weight to it and, and breakthrough to it. Yeah. The cool thing about what you're talking about, Maddie, about accountability is in the old days, you know, oh, we're going to have accountability partners. And it sounded ominous, but, mm-hmm. but these days it's like being accountable is a choice mm-hmm. that we, that we embrace because we want to shift and adjust. Yeah. We don't want to be stagnant. We want to see the Lord move in our lives. And, and I, I see people where they, where they really change is where they draw a line and say, I'm not willing to shift and adjust either because I'm an expert or because I'm old or because I know everything. And, and that's where I see people get in trouble no matter what the age is. And the notion that you're bringing to us of constant therapy and even it is just, is just a beautiful thing. And I think it's right from the Lord's heart. Yeah. Agreed. It's Mm. been a process for sure. (laughs) You wouldn't want to interview me eight years ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I, I say the same about me and Bob. We've we've gotten better with age, so it's good. Like a fine wine. (laughs) Well, tell us how to get a hold of uh, just your, your ministry, your services. And if anybody wanted to get in contact with you. Yeah. The best is healingcentersd.com. Mm-hmm. That's going to be all my attention and focus right now. It's what I'm excited about. So healingcentersb.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing amazing stories and just yes. your own journey. It helps us so much. And we're so excited for our listeners. We have questions with Sean and Bob coming up next. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you. And also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Well, welcome back to Questions with Sean and Bob. Sean, we have a question from Kurt Rasmussen off Facebook. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. What are, what are some of or your best advice or strategies for creatives in mixing their art and business in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
I mean, here's the thing is that there's artists who do art for the sake of art and there's artists who want to become commercial and they want to have an income from their art. If you're an artist for the sake of art, for the message of art, and there's very many people I'm in the art world to some degree with, you know, creatives, there's artists who do not want to make money from their art. They want to do the art for the sake of art. And if they make money, that's a byproduct. And so, you know, whether they're a movie maker with independent films, mm. whether they're a fine artist, whatever it is, then there's people who are like, I'm actually okay with commercializing or having actual art that makes money. And if you're like that, then you have to get entrepreneurial with it and say, okay, if I'm a fine artist, is there some sort of graphic fine art I can learn, maybe a form of digital hybrid mixed media that I can learn to do some commercial art or to actually meet people's needs of small businesses or creative agencies, colleges, those kinds of things. Or is there, if maybe it's that you are a screenwriter, but you felt very arts and you have three passion projects that are your main passions and you don't want to do anything else, but then you go, but I need to make money and I want to use the same talents to make money. Do you actually lend your talents to people who need screenwriters for projects that you wouldn't normally work on? And I have a friend who's dealing with that right now. Like he wanted to do his five passion catalog projects and that's all he wanted to do. But he's been working now for 10 years writing kind of suspense, scary movies, not bad or anything, but just suspense, scary movies and suspense, scary shows. And he's like, I never saw myself here, but I've learned so much from this that now when I do apply myself, I would rewrite everything I've written. Still same themes, still same passions, but I rewrite it. So he learned through the commercial side of things to do his art. So not everyone does that, but it's, that's his story. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just a matter of if you can take your question in your heart and say, do I want to make money from this or do I want to just do a normal job and do this as my passion? Mm -hmm. And that's a big, that's a big key. Or do I want to use my skills and talents for my arts job or arts calling for my uh, form of job to be, be able to create an income? So once you answer that question, I think you just ask God for strategy, especially if you're saying, I do want to create finances through this. What's the entrepreneurial way and look for other people who are doing it in an entrepreneurial way and follow their example. That's a great answer. And, you know, it reminds me of uh, um, the artist that you introduced me to, Josie Lewis. Yeah. She put an e-course out about this very subject. And she, did. And, um, and she has done a beautiful job of, of being an entrepreneur and selling her art. And commercializing and it. and yeah. Commercializing it, yeah. And so I think you're right. D depending on what the answers to the questions that you just posed are is the next strategy or direction. Yeah, I'll say one more thing. When I was in the video game industry, I didn't like playing video games anymore. So I lost a place of passion for something that I love. And so sometimes if you've commercialized something, you actually lose your passion or you lose the ability to enjoy it. And so make sure that you're doing it not just to create finances, but you're doing it because it's what God's assigning you to because you lose something when you do something out of order. So just wanted to add that to it. Well, thank you guys so much for asking questions on uh, our Exploring the Marketplace episode. And we, you can ask your question by going to our bowlsministries.com website or our Facebook page at Bowls Ministries and ask a question with Sean and Bob. There's actually a link on the bowlsministries.com site where you can click on it and ask us a question. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.boldsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.